following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, there are some different terms that are thrown around sometimes as people talk about uh, relationships they're in and uh, really ways that they would have been maybe mistreated or or, um, uh, um, even we would call it verbal abuse in some cases. But there are terms like manipulation and brainwashing. Could you help Mm -hmm. sort out some of those terms? Well, I I would say that brainwashing is a form of manipulation uh, uh, that we have keys on the topic of manipulation and I I uh, actually uh, when I wrote them I uh, it was me I would be manipulated again and again and I didn't understand why um, I did not have boundaries and so it really helped me more uh, these keys that I wrote and it, manipulation is the art of controlling people or circumstances in an indirect, unfair, or deceptive means, especially to one's own advantage. And I found myself manipulated time and time again. And uh, I'll just say that manipulation happens to those who allow others to have excessive control over them, but it's the control that God alone should have over our lives. Um, I didn't know it. I didn't see it that way at the time. Now, brainwashing uh, basically is, um, we could say it's imposing a set of of, uh, beliefs on someone uh, using various coercive means of, I'm going to call it indoctrination. Uh, and it's forcing someone to accept a, pol- a, a particular set of beliefs that could be like by repeating the same idea many, many, many times so that the person cannot think in an independent way. Uh, that's one form of it. Um, it, it, it can be help, uh, causing somebody to doubt what they had believed earlier um, by virtue of if you had a sense of value, certain values, Jeff, Mm -hmm. and you believed in those, and then someone is now over and over and over, uh, and this is a form of indoctrination, saying saying that which is counter to your values, but if if there's a special relationship that you had with this person, um, you could be more likely to give in. Yes. And yeah. give in means you don't hold the line of uh, truth, of the values that you once held, and so a person can be brainwashed. You know, when I think of this, it's I think of that specifically... In um, warfare, I'm talking about prisoners of war are told to expect your captors, if you're captive to the enemy, 
um, by the enemy, expect brainwashing to make you feel guilty, to like have to uh, denounce your own country, or denounce the values of, of the country you're from. And this is where the military uh, does usually, especially if they're going to be in foreign territories that are um, more, more of an enemy status, uh, they really want to prepare the people in the military who will be in that foreign land that if they are captured, they could, the enemy could attempt to brainwash the, the military person um, that, and that, that's just a tactic that they know they want to prepare uh, their, the, the military individuals, the soldiers, the Air Force, the Navy, whoever it is, to not fall captive to brainwashing techniques. In other words, they could be manipulated. So again, that's, it's, it's trying to force someone to accept certain beliefs by just repeating the same words again and again and again. And there are relationships, there are marriages, uh, there are there are relationships, it doesn't have to be just in marriage. Uh, it can be um, someone who is supposedly a friend and you have you, you want a relationship with that person, but if they tell you often enough, over and over and over, you're crazy, this is one of the methods, um, to just say, you know, you're mentally ill. Um, I hated that when my, my father would do that to my mother, mm -hmm. and I remember mother coming to me, she said, June, tell me the truth, am I mentally ill? I said, no mother, not at all. And you know, she, mom began to doubt her sanity, and but I understood it was a, a very bizarre, painful home life that we had. So I know that brainwashing can we have we should all be prepared to not be brainwashed. Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life. June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at 1-800-917. We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. 
we are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. If you have questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 of our Keys for Living to help you address your situation. That's over 100 unique titles, different topics that we cover in those Keys for Living that provide biblical hope and practical help, again, on a variety of topics and uh, something sure to Uh, connect with whatever you're dealing with in your life. Just talk to our customer support team. They're at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'll help you get the right resources into your hands or maybe find a resource on our website that will be a free resource you can download even and uh, find that information there that uh, customer support will be able to help you with that. Let me recommend one of our keys for living, and we have the topic of verbal and emotional abuse called Victory Over the Power of Abuse. And that and so many other topics are available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE. I mentioned the website. Here it is, hopefortheheart.org slash store. You can find all the titles there, the keys for living, uh, Bible studies, books that are written on some of those topics as well. Again, that's hopefortheheart.org slash store. Let's turn to our caller for tonight, and we have a, a caller listening on, on KKLA in California. We welcome, uh, actually, welcome back to the program, Deborah. Well, hello, hi. Deborah. Welcome to Hope. How can we help you. you? Yeah, hi, Adrian. Hi. Um, well, I am calling, and um, thank you for the past. <laughs> I've been on here, and uh, you're very helpful with the situation I had. But this time, it's about a relationship that I got involved in or more like entangled in uh, mm. in the last two years on and off but I'm no longer in this relationship um, I was he came back in um, and after breaking up with me last year right before my birthday week before my birthday he was very um, uh, very combative abu- he became very abusive mm. uh, horribly verbally and even some physically like aggressive very aggressive and then and then eventually um broke up a week before my birthday and then um without giving me the closure and in the past two years ago when i met him so it was always like turbulent like this where he would leave and then he would create chaos conflict and chaos and of course i'm always to blame and Mm. uh, and then he would just block me like, so I'm not able to contact, and then he would somehow decide later, 
by sending me a nice long message saying that he's been praying. By the way, I left a part out where he's Christian, he's a believer, and that's what attracted me to him in the first place when I met him online, when I put myself on a dating site two years ago. And um, to me, that was very important in finding my future partner or husband. Mm-hmm. So he talked about his faith in God for a good hour on the phone, and, and that was the appeal. I mean, he wasn't just saying, I'm a believer. He was talking about his experience. Um, he had a troubled past with drugs and alcohol and all that, a lot of things in his life, family, lost a twin brother and all that. But anyway, so he talked about how, you know, God saved him from the darkness and all that, and then he would say that he was, like, uh, always making sure that he reads his Bible first thing in the morning when he gets up or whenever he gets up, and uh, and then it, so that was attractive to me. So he, he checked all the boxes of what I was looking for in a godly mm-hmm. man. Yes. And then the rest is history. But within shortly after a month of dating, um, I noticed inconsistencies. And then um, skipping over details, three months later, he became very inconsistent and rude. And I couldn't understand. I was like, what did I do? Anyways, he left, went to another woman. I didn't know where he went, but what was he doing? Uh, I was hurt. So he blamed it on me again, saying that at the time I'm argumentative. And I thought, how am I argumentative? Because the only thing I did was mention to him when he became inconsistent in the beginning that, you know, I didn't appreciate that. And to me, that's not arguing. And he would call any time I tried to address something kindly, politely, he would call it an argument and try to dismiss it and shut it down. That's his way I've Mm. over the years. So Mm -hmm. he went to apparently another woman I found out later. He, but he was still keeping a friendship going, knowing that I have an emotional attachment already. So he would call me, and then I found out, I found out that he was dating some other woman. He confessed to the truth. He said, I'm sorry, I know that was selfish. It turns out he was still even dating other women prior to finding, you know, committing to that woman. And um, he was with her for four or five months. I was moving on, and... And then one day he came back and messaged me and said uh, she cheated and, um, and, you know, he was being kind and wanting to talk. And he's like, I just want to say hello and talk. And I've been, he would always say he's praying and all that and somehow convinced me to talk to him. And then that evolved into another, you know, involvement we had. And this time I set boundaries. I said to him, I'm not going to keep doing this where you were just dating me, not committing Especially after you left me for another woman and then came back, I, I, you need to commit. So I put that pressure on him. He was trying to resist, but then eventually he did. So out of the two years of on and off like this, six months of that time period, supposedly he finally committed. So, so with commitment, of course, we have certain expectations. But he seemed to have a lot of unresolved issues because the woman who cheated apparently claimed he was in love with and he never got over that, and he would take it out on me. I noticed, like, he was very um, combative during those six months and then gradually became worse and worse. And in the last two months, it became real. He became real abusive, like, extremely. And I wondered, part of me wondered, like, he would go into this horrible, like, rages of yelling uncontrollably and and then it, and then he went on to now calling names and then being physically aggressive with the pushing a few times where I fell or things like that or, you know, just abusive behavior. And then he would say horrible things. And in those moments, to me, it felt like like he, 
he he was like possessed, like demonically possessed spiritually. Like it was just like he he just was un- like out of control. Um, and then that happened. And then it's interesting because he took me to meet his family the last month before he broke up with me during that six month relation. So the last month or two months before he broke up, he took me to um, his parents' hometown. Uh, uh, We flew out of town together, and even there, his mother loved me initially, and I heard her say she's the, you know, I love her the best from all your exes, and then immediately after that, he started being aggressive with me when it was just me and him, but we're somewhere out of his mom's house, and then he, like, literally um, traumatized me, so when I came back, I was shaken, and I couldn't tell the mom what he did. He got abusive in the car, actually, but um, couldn't tell his mom and I, I try to hide a lot of things uh, you know and not disclose it to people not even to my close friend or because it was embarrassing because like what am I going to tell the mom so then he barged in thinking I was going to reveal what just happened and he basically uh, claimed that I was um, jealous and I was talking about him maybe being cheating with another woman which was not the case at all so now the mom's demeanor changed towards me so he succeeded to turn the mom also against me and not like me and Mm -hmm. she even said in front of him I remember he came out on her porch and I was like whispering saying please don't do that in front of your parents okay and then he started raising his voice so his mom thought you know I'm creating an argument so she came out and she said why you know with this woman you know I've never seen my son so miserable it was miserable it was horrible Mm. so I, I knew that this was all calculated like he would not when I think back now at all these mm-hmm. episodes I feel like it was all calculated he knew what he was doing I wanted to believe for the longest time maybe it's not him because what confused me is that what kept me going back every time you come back and speak all the right words and show me that he's a good godly man again and uh, you know always you know t- talking about God and how he's been praying and how he still has love for me. Um, I think it was that's what confused me because I because I'm he also knows I'm a very forgiving person by nature. I just am that way, and I believe people can change and can be good, especially if they're leaning on God and praying. Uh, so, so knowing that, you know, I feel like maybe that's the reason I kept forgiving and going back. It could be also part of it the manipulation. Uh, and that I've been also doing a lot of self, um, like research on my own as to, to understand what happened to me. Cause there was a period four and a half months ago, I was back in a situation with him for four months where he hoovered me back in and then put me in a friend zone, but I was doing everything a girlfriend would do. And any, and, and it didn't feel, I didn't feel peace with that. And anytime I would try to bring it up to him, he would shut me down and he would start yelling. It's like, I wasn't allowed talk about it so he would say this is a situation i'm not dating right now and i'm um i'm not going to date because of whatever goal he had um going to back to school or whatnot um to be a psychologist you know which is interesting so i so i would shut down because i and i would just keep my mouth shut because then because i was trying to avoid him from him getting more angry and conflict and just hoping it would change but when it didn't change he got more rude towards the end. This was four months ago, and he did the same tactic. Pushed me away and then um, left things hanging, no closure, blocked me. So 
um, I did a lot of research in the last three, four months because I had lost myself a lot during that period. And I really felt like I'm in my own mental prison. Like I couldn't get out of my head thinking I would pray to God. I'm like, why is it that I'm, I know this person is showing me time and time again, but why is it that I can't detach? Now I understand because I learned that that's narcissism, what he's displaying, mm-hmm. and there's a trauma bond when we go back to people, you know, that we're familiar with and we care for. I, I read that it could be like trauma bond. So I was trauma bonded to him, and um, so I tried to work on myself, and I was on my healing journey, and I was feeling much better um, in the last, uh, four months that we were not involved, mm-hmm. even though he cut me off again, didn't give me closure. Now, last week, um, last week I decided spontaneously uh, I was near his area. Now, he had some of my things, belongings, in his house. He wasn't contacting me. I wasn't contacting him. And uh, and something was telling me not to. And I was doing well for a while because I knew that I would be brought back into the same position, you know, but... I, so I tried to call, I mean, text him, and I noticed that he had blocked me. So that frustrated me, so I started emailing and saying, please return my things, send it to me when you can. And after a month and a half of not hearing back and knowing that I'm blocked again, I decided to go back, to go there one night a week ago when I, was, I happened to be near the area, and I took my chance, and he happened to be home. So when I asked for my things, I mean, at first, he said, okay, and then at that moment, after I got it, I said, okay, so now this is your chance. If you have anything to say to me, I just want to say, as a God, you know, you say you're a godly man, and as a godly man... But, but wait, wait, a minute, wait a minute, mm-hmm. sweetheart, you know he's not a godly man. I mean, mm-hmm. no. So, right. it, what, what, so you're not to be brainwashed. You're not right. to be manipulated. You already know his character meaning he doesn't have Christian character. And so it um, are you that desperate to just have no. to have see that that's it looks that way and I am for you. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm strongly for you. And so yeah. what we've got to do is determine like okay, you can be a forgiving person. Great. Forgiveness takes place with only one person. But reconciliation requires two people. In other words, forgiveness um, is like freeing a person who's broken trust. But reconciliation is a restored relationship based on restored trust. Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you, that he accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as his precious beloved child? So many people have a distorted picture of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org. 
If you or a loved one are struggling with a difficult life issue, we want to encourage you to check out the free resources from June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. At hopefortheheart.org forward slash free, you'll find over 50 free resources that you can download straight to your phone or computer. Our free PDF resources provide quick answers from God's Word on real-life issues, including anger, abuse, anxiety, family issues, forgiveness, and more. They are absolutely free and easy to access. Many of our listeners have found these to be helpful for overcoming personal challenges, and some have found them to be a useful ministry tool to share with others who need help with a personal struggle like guilt, stress, or worry. Whatever issue you or a loved one are facing, you can find helpful free resources at hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. I'm Jeff Oliver. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart. And we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central. And they'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. June just mentioned there uh, the topics of forgiveness and reconciliation. We do have Keys for Living, two separate of our uh, Keys for Living books that are available. They're called uh, Forgiveness, Releasing You is Freeing Me. Also, Reconciliation, Rebuilding the Broken Relationships. And uh, you will want to take a look at both of those very uh, different topics, and they're often thought of as the same thing, forgiveness and reconciliation, but you'll want to learn uh, really what they are and how to uh, how to uh, go about um, seeking forgiveness, seeking reconciliation in relationships. And it's very important that we know the differences there. So talk to customer support again, 800-488-HOPE. And if you'd like to speak with June about a situation in your life on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, we welcome your call at 800-Night-17. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. And when you call, leave a message for us. We'll get back to you as soon as we can to schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800 800- 644-4817 or 800-917. Let's return to our conversation with Deborah. Well, Deborah, as I said, I am for you. I hear that you were trying to be appropriate, try to do what is right. Um, and that means he was in the midst of this uh, inconsistent, he would blame you, and but this is a pattern, and you know this is his pattern, right? Saying right. horrible and things. I, I want, I want to say, like, I am not wanting, desiring at this point in my life to be back with them. I have, I don't have those feelings anymore, which is good. But when you said, um, what, what confused me is that it's not just him in a relationship. I've encountered some Christians before like that, which. Maybe it's something that I have to, like, not try to um, maybe understand myself when people show this kind of behavior, Christians. And, um, like, I've been rejected from a church before where they never told me why. And um, it happens, unfortunately. So this man, for example, he just would display all these godly behaviors when he would come back, when he would want to, like, speaking, uh, you know, about 
God's goodness and positivity and praying and saying this and that. He would say all those right things that a godly person would say, but then switch. So sometimes I wondered, is it psychological disorder? Is it um, like or, or demonic possession in his spirit? Uh, but whatever it is, I mean, I see the goodness in it, like he's trying, cause, you know, but at the same time, if he can't control this other dark side of him, then this is when I have mm-hmm. to learn for, for my future to just, like, give it to God and just not look back. My problem is, like, you know, I'm too, I, I've been too forgiving, and, that's, and then I end up getting tormented, and I don't want to no, keep no, repeating stop, stop right there. Hold on. Forgiveness, again, is a one-way act. It's not too forgiving. You must not, though, reconcile with someone who displays behaviors that are not Christian at all. And so I hear you say he's a Christian. I'm not confident that that's the case. There's not evidence. Because people can use Scripture manipulatively to try to, in this you will find, those who've done studies on uh, people who get entrapped in unhealthy relationships, uh, they know if they present themselves and they say they're a Christian and they do certain things and it looks good, but then all of a sudden, I mean, I mean there is no consistency here, and a Christian will be Christ-like. Yeah. It is a follower of Christ. And what I'm hearing is he was deceitful, he and manipulative, and you said he blamed you when you knew yeah, you weren't guilty. And called me toxic and crazy. All the things you mentioned before we started talking, he would do those things. Like he would make me feel like something's wrong with me. I'm causing his reaction when well, I let, know I'm he's not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. I'm going to be um, specific about a quote that Billy Graham made, who is considered you know, one of the greatest uh, spiritual leaders of our time. Billy Graham said, 80% of church members have never had a rebirth experience, meaning they're not born again, or said differently, they are not authentic Christians. 80% of church members... Wow. So, I think the issue, a person can say, I'm a Christian. By the way, I was one who was asked, are you a Christian? And I answered, yes, this is years ago. Uh, I didn't know what that even meant. I mean, I thought it meant, (laughs) I mean, literally, I thought that meant uh, I'm not Jewish. Now, that was, I was a teenager, but uh, a lot of people, they don't know what that means to be a Christian, but... They can say they're Christians. Uh, and they can read their Bible. Like, he would literally, yeah, sit there and read a few chapters. He would show me, prove it to me, like, and he would get mad at me if I didn't read a few chapters, which was interesting. He would say, oh, the devil must be in you today. I could feel it. because. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So I think that my, my concern is this. I hear that you, in good faith, accepted what you thought was a man who was initially um, appearing like there were positive traits. And yet, there was not consistency. You said 
after even a month of dating, he left. And, uh, you know, and well, they, he didn't leave right away. He like it was after maybe like he became started becoming insistent after a month. So after three months of dating, yes, he left okay. and then came back after yep. that woman who chose cheated. Mm-hmm. But you know what I would say. Okay, you know some people will say the best marriage partners. There is a they they are friends first. I don't mean mm-hmm. that they start out, you know, that a person has to know somebody a long time first before they are dating. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the the best marriage partners are in 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 their marriage they are friends. And what does a friend do? A friend enables you to be sharper. Uh, is as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. Friends help people be the best that they can be. They they add quality to our lives. This is a man who has only has resulted in tearing you down. Yes, the two years. Is, yes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, the fact that I'm feeling so much peace, more peace since I've come to my senses last a uh, few months. That in itself, like, uh, tells me that I need to stay away from this kind of toxicity, and I don't need that if somebody's not consistent with their words and actions. Now, um, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And, and there is something wrong if he presents himself to be an authentic Christian because that is not what Jesus would do. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. The fact that he, he has does not have the kindness consistently and uh, absolutely like I don't need to be around in a relationship with anyone who's not who's going to tear me apart and be so verbally mentally abusive um, when they're for whatever reason they're getting angry or yeah absolutely Jesus was not like that so I need to remind well, he myself was out of, of this yeah this man was out of control and you also said he was physically abusive he became yeah. Um, last year when he broke up before my birthday, but then when he came back, beginning of the year, saying, you know, uh, presenting himself as uh, being positive and all that, and co- convinced me But to see, be this friends. is not, this this man did not even qualify. I mean, I understand you cannot know what a person's like, but then when he started being abusive, uh, well, I'm going to ask this. Do you want to be biblical? Absolutely, yes. Okay. I'm going to give you a scripture. Mm-hmm. It's Proverbs twenty-two twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Yes, do I not read associate. Listen to this. Do not associate with one easily angered. Yes. So the, the Bible even tells you the kind of healthy people or unhealthy people that you need to be around. In other words, he says, no, do not submit yourself to people who are hot-tempered. And I think that that the scripture speaks for itself. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered. Agreed. And that mm-hmm. so so 
he he doesn't qualify for right. a person that would be someone you date or someone you would think you would want to live with. Mm-mm. In fact, right. there's another scripture that's very poignant, and it's easy to remember where to find it because the numbers are identical, meaning Proverbs 19, 19. It's chapter 19, yeah. verse 19. Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs is on wisdom. So this scripture says, a hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him, you will have to do it again. So the point is, you don't um, let a person off the hook. You don't allow yourself to... um, be around hot-tempered people. And yeah. that, because now you're choosing, choosing, you are choosing to submit yourself to abuse. Yeah, when and you, now, in, this last time, um, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. um, it's okay, uh, go, go on. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to drop. I'll no, finish. that's okay. Yeah. You can go yeah. on. Yeah. Okay, so the last time, a week ago, when I went to get my things, it started off like, okay, you know, he was blaming me, but then he kind of... Um, started acting normal, switched his demeanor, and then then, uh, and then, and later, though, the next two days, it became very, very negative. He called me toxic, and uh, that he apparently talked to his therapist, it had an emer- and then the therapist said he needs to get rid of this toxicity, so I'm, he's cl- calling me toxic, basically, and, and all this. So I, unfortunately, let the, I let this get the best of me, so I know we're all susceptible of, if we let you know, we allow these things to get in our spirit to also go into um, anger. So I became so angry because he said that and then sent a text and then blocked me again. So then I unfortunately let that get the best of me and I was so angry that I called and left angry messages, which I read, which probably was what he was looking for. So this is teaching me that, you know, if we're not careful, then we could also fall in the enemy's trap and start behaving like the person, you know, by when we, you know, by reacting to the abuse and mistreatment. So we need to be careful. So I need to stay away, far, far away. Well, um, okay. Let me let me do the scripture right after that. This is Proverbs okay. twenty-two, twenty-four, and twenty-five. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. Sweetheart, by, by choosing to not separate from him, to be around him, you got yourself ensnared. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17. 
That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. The World Class Hope Together Conference is returning to Allen, Texas this October with leading experts and over 50 ministry training sessions, including crisis and trauma response, lay counseling, marriage and family, mental and emotional health, life coaching, and leadership. Hear from dynamic speakers featuring Nick Vujicic, Taya Kyle, Gary Wilkerson, James Ward, General Bob Dees, Steve Arterburn, Dr. Joshua Straub, Dr. Eric Scalise, and our very own June Hunt. Join a genuine supportive community of like-minded friends and leaders who have answered the call and discover our growing network with year-round support for your ministry needs. Register now at hopetogether.com. That's hopetogether.com. And don't miss the life-changing experience of the Hope Together Conference. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to our caller in a moment. If you have questions or concerns about the topics on the program tonight, just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They can help you access the right resources for you, whatever you might be going through in your life, some struggle you might be having, questions you have about relationships or anything else, just uh, talk to them, and they'll point you to the appropriate resources. And again, the number is 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. And I want to recommend a couple of our keys for living as we've touched on various topics tonight. We do have the keys on forgiveness called Releasing You is Freeing Me. Also, the topic of manipulation and the keys for living there called Cutting the Strings that control. Those and so many other resources are available as you call customer support at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. If you'd like to connect with them by email, you can do this at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. That's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. And ask your questions there. They'll be happy to hear from you and respond quickly. Well, let's return to our conversation now with Deborah. Well, Deborah. I I am so wanting you to be wise, discerning. Yeah. You made a statement twice. You said he didn't give me closure. Oh, yes, he did. He did horrible things to you way before this last right. time. So, yes, he you had closure. You knew what kind of person he was. Uh-huh. And then yet we, he invites you back in the house, and um, yet when I heard that it had been, you know, two days later or whatever, do I assume that you all had sex after that? Well, yeah, unfortunately, like, I had no desire or intention, and honestly, like, I I asked myself why, even throughout our relationship, it was like that, even at times when I didn't feel present, it was like, I always submit because I don't, that was, I I still regret, like, I did not want any part of that, and he somehow, you know, kind of tricked me into it, and I even tried to stop it, and I said, you know, I am not, I'm disconnected, it's mental for me and spiritual, and it just, yeah, it just, it was just not 
right mm-hmm. at all. But the next day, he pretended to show remorse immediately, like saying that, oh, he woke up and he felt uh, like he uh, he was wrong, and he prayed about it and asked God to forgive him and and all this stuff. But then, but then he acted out later. Uh, you know, creating conflict again and then shutting me off. Like, um, so I felt very angered. Now, um, here's the thing. I mean, I don't, I mean, as Christians, we, we need to forgive, like you said, it's on, in our own spirit, and that doesn't mean going back to the person, of course. So so I, what would you suggest that I, I mean, the, like, I don't want to have anger towards this person. This is the person I cared about, and obviously, you know, even if he showed the most horrific things, um, like, I just... Um, want to just release them, and that's what I've been praying about. Like, I don't want to have bitterness moving on. And and what would you suggest I do if he, in case, reaches out several months later again, saying, oh, I've been thinking and praying, and I, and, you know, I have uh, still left for you as a person, and I but wish see, you the that, best. But that's his stuff. pattern. That's his pattern to, to trap you or entrap you, at least mm-hmm. to try to entrap you. And it's worked in the past, but it must not work in the future. Right. Sweet, sweetheart, this is not the kind of person who literally is an encourager. And it, he can say all the right words, but he, his whole lifestyle and your, his whole pattern is one of, uh, you could call it cat and mouse, um, but he's, he's, um, he figures out what he can say to ingratiate himself to you uh, in other words to draw himself to you or to draw you to himself but but um, I'm just going to give you something very straight you should not let anybody touch you in the area covered by your bathing suit and you just decide that believe me I was celibate and when I wasn't dating him even for years I was celibate by choice and I was being Mm -hmm. strong and this is like I lost, I don't know how, I can't believe what happened recently. It's like, I, I, I'm like, why? I was, I mean, I've been, I was hard on myself too. Like, cause I was not even present, but he did anyways. He tricked me kind of like, oh, just, I'm going to give you a massage because that's something we would do when we were in a relationship, massages. And, and then somehow, you know, just, uh, he was just, he did what he had to. And then it's like, but then I have to ask myself why I, I should never, absolutely never again. Like, I had no business even going into the house. Um, so, yeah, I, I've learned, hopefully. Uh, well, I'm going to ask you a very basic, a, a really hugely important question. Has there mm-hmm. been a time in your life where you know you humbled your heart, you received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, giving him control of your life? Yes, or is that something like you I, want to do? Yes, I've done that many times. But yeah, okay. I fell, I fell into enemy's traps like this somehow. Well, you allowed the, him to have control, not Jesus to have control of your life. Right, right. So he, you allowed him to take the place that only God should have. Right, I and, agree. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and he is not marriage material. Absolutely not. Yes, I'm not. You would no. never. You you be. You need to be thankful that you're apart. But you need to stay apart. Absolutely. And know that um, he he know he knew how to be manipulative, and mm-hmm. and it worked. 
So yeah. what you've got to decide is, no, if somebody tries to manipulate me in the future, I will not give in. Now, yeah. how do you do that? Okay, because I'm hearing you're wanting some specifics. Mm-hmm. So, okay, um, I'm going to send you, first of all, just for you to know, I'm going to be sending you what we call our keys, keys for living on the topic of manipulation. And the subtitle is Cutting the Strings of Control. Cutting the Strings that Control You. And so how do you maneuver out of being manipulated? Number one, you determine not to be dependent on the manipulator. In other words, you determine that you've had an unhealthy dependent relationship with this man and you confess it to God. Confess means agree with. You agree with God on that. You determine you want a healthy relationship, healthy relationships in the future that glorify God. And you determine that you will be dependent on the Lord to meet your deepest inner needs. Because Philippians 4.19 says, God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He wants to be your need meter. And this man is anything but your need meter. Yes, and num- num- number two, you expect that he will be um, exasperated um, because if, if he's been a manipulator, he's used to getting his way. So don't expect him to understand or to agree with your decision to no longer be manipulative, to no, no longer to be manipulated by him. Um, and then you need to do this. This is unusual a little bit. I want to say you need to prepare yourself for pain, meaning you, you were looking at him as a possible uh, answer to your life, uh, you wanted him to have uh, a specific tender place in your heart and all. Well, the truth is, um, in, if you if when you cut something off, that can be painful. It can it, you, because it was not what you were used to. You were used to being with him, and so. Yeah. At times, when you cut off a relationship, it can be painful. But if you continue on in a wrong relationship, it will be painful. Either way you yeah, go, I, there's yeah. going to be pain. I experienced so you have, pain in the last few months, but now I don't feel it anymore because I know I've I, I've made a decision. I, I don't want to be there anymore. I don't want that. Um, okay. It was, I would. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Then. <laughs> You you have to go back and examine his methods of manipulate of manipulation. What did he use to manipulate you? To make sure you're open minded and open eyed, you can see it. And you've you've mentioned a number of things. So that is healthy and you can sometimes write down um, his tactics and your tactic for change. And um, the 
the Bible says, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple, meaning the foolish, keep going and pay the penalty. It's Proverbs 22, verse 3. So you, this, this guy has been dangerous to you, and yeah. you, you recognize that, and that's good. Now, it is vital. Does he know that it is over? interesting thing so the lot when i saw him recently just because i went in I, I don't know what it was the next day after what happened in his house i told him the respectful thing to do would be for us to meet for dinner like i didn't mean like to start dating like so at some point meet for dinner and have a talk and absolutely he interpreted not that as me wanting a relationship and started no. freaking out no saying, oh, no you don't yeah. sweetheart you you're mm -hmm. you're not Closing the door. You don't have right. dinner. No. Yeah. Just say no. I don't want it anymore. But he interpreted that as me wanting something from him and that he used that as an excuse to go in his uh, abusive verbal rage at me and mm -mm. saying that, oh, you're just making an excuse to see me. Like, it was always like the arrogance. And I tried to explain. I said, no, not at all. Actually, at that point, I w yeah, that was not the smartest thing to want or expect. But... I thought, you know, that he could at least give me that much, like sitting in no, front of each other. No, yeah. no, no, no. He's right. not a giver. He's a taker. Right. So don't right. do not do this. You have to yes. cut it off because this is not a healthy relationship. Absolutely. It is not God-honoring. Yeah. So and, maybe it was and, a blessing in disguise that he's the one who cut it off by saying what he said, even though it was belittling and abusive and blocked me. I just have to accept that I, I got angry, I left angry messages, but that should be it, it's okay, but that I did that, I'm sure, you know, I'm human, uh, God will forgive for my also reaction, but then I can just move on and just put it behind me, I don't have yep. to. Okay, I'm going to give you a final scripture, it's oh. Galatians 1.10, Galatians 1.10 says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be the servant of Christ. I would not be the servant of Christ if you're a people pleaser. So you need to say no to people so that you can say yes to God. At times, you need to say no to people. And this is a man that you, sh you need to just say, no, he will not be in my life anymore. Right. No. Agreed. And so it's you say no to people that are unhealthy, that are wrong, that are manipulative, and say no to people who are like that so that you can say yes to God. So I'm sending you our, our keys on manipulation. I know it will be helpful to you. I am for you. And just pray that you'll grow in wisdom. We will send our keys for living on manipulation called Cutting the Strings That Control. We'll send that out to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge, by the way. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash hope. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our programs can be found on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.